0: Field Report. Joined, as always, is Drew Olson, and we have the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Scott Brown. Scott Brown, how you doing?
1: I am fantastic. Yourselves? Living
2: the dream.
0: <laughs> always fantastic.
2: <laughs> how are you, Kyle?
0: Not doing too bad. Uh, not doing too bad at all.
2: So when was the last of the, so uh, what are we, of the uh, Field Reports? I don't even remember.
0: Last one we had about a month ago. We had it after we did it after it was just me and Drew. Yeah,
2: was it after Ka- after uh, Vancouver? After? Or Kansas City or I don't know. It's been a while.
0: Oh. was it's after Vancouver.
2: Long ago that we don't remember how long ago it was.
1: Oh, wow. Exactly. It wasn't after Dallas or Orlando. I mean, I know those weren't away, but
0: No, I think I think we've we've done it about every month so far. I think we've kind of oh, okay. previewed the past month and oh, wow. the forward oh. month and looked back. It didn't seem like that long ago. We had
2: a failed attempt in the middle there, but, yeah, it didn't work.
0: But now we have you, Scott.
1: (laughs) And now we have this living failed (laughs) attempt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) So, Scott, how about you get us started? And uh, I'm pretty sure people have read articles about you through MLS Soccer or uh, The Oregonian.
1: How about... That was the, that was about the 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 uh governor the the congressman from Massachusetts
2: I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you intentionally associating yourself with that guy Cause... No, I just <laughs>
1: I just have the grave misfortune of yeah. of also being Scott Brown. So which works actually quite nicely in terms of the IRS. His beard
0: is way better than his. Yeah. So how about um, you I'm... tell us about how you got to be a Timbers fan?
1: Supporter, oh lord. If you
0: want to call yourself.
1: Uh, well, you know, it's funny you should ask that question because I was actually, um.
2: Just since they joined MLS, right? You're a new fan. Yeah. Oh, actually,
1: 2013. <laughs> okay. I actually, I, I, this, this woman, Sam McCarty, got me into them.
2: <laughs> um, sorry. I don't get that. Am I supposed to get that?
1: Um, anyway. Um, no, it was, uh, so, so I lived in Portland as a, as a youth, as a youth, um, but I definitely was not into them, or did not go to see games in like seventy five or seventy six. I'm I'm almost positive of that. So I was actually dialing back, trying to figure out like when it was that I really started to get into them. And I uh, I have an old uh, NASL book that has like all the history of the NASL, all the teams and everything. And I was actually just looking through uh, team rosters from uh, from the NAL, NAL, NASL era. And uh, I think it's uh, – I think I've narrowed it to 1977 because, you know, there's you know there's the guys, Clyde Best, Clyde Charles, you know, the, the names you know, John Bain, uh, McHobin, Graham Day, all those people. But there's two names that really stick out to me. Uh, Tony Betts is one and Stuart Scullion is the other just because I thought he had like the coolest name ever. And, and looking at the rosters, those two only together and I think 77 and 78 – and Tony Betts wasn't on the team in 78 so um they only really played together in 77 so that must have been the time that I I got into that so so you know that Um,
2: 77 is like one of the greatest years of all time because that's the year Star Wars came out and the year the Trailblazers won the NBA championship
1: well yes well I was also (laughs) that was the first year I got into basketball and um uh, yes, I was very well. I was very well aware of the Trailblazers. In fact, I even made uh, a poster after they won the championship of like their uh, them going through the playoffs. Like I drew up brackets and like had like little pictures I cut out of the different team logos and like what the total what the scores were and everything. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. So, but oh, I don't remember. Adorable. Yeah, yeah, adorable. Uh, but I don't actually remember going to games until probably like maybe seventy-eight or seventy-nine, you know. And then like I start to see other names on the team that like really stick out to me, like Dragan Radovich and Young Jung Cho and other guys who are long since forgotten. So anyway, so yes, late seventies. That's me. But uh, I don't really have any. Uh, I I, uh, I don't really have any history with the team. Uh, as a USL entity, because I didn't live, I lived out here, out in Pennsylvania, uh, I was aware that they existed, and I kind of looked at scores and stuff every now and then, but I, I was not uh, super into it, um, for whatever reason, but it was also before that you could really catch them on the internet and stuff like that, um, or at least easily. There were anyway. some pretty
2: poor uh, streams that you could find, yeah. but, you know.
1: But but you don't understand. I lived I lived out in the country and all I had was dial up. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I I I only had dial up until like 2012. What? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's true <laughs> at my house. I mean, in town in our business we had others, but at my house, yes, I lived in the dark ages. It was it was horrible. That's
0: awesome, Scott.
1: Yeah. That's really awesome. Um so, but when they got to MLS, I just I just swore that uh you know, I was going to be at that first game and uh you know, and I've just sort of gradually gotten more you know, stuck in, so to speak, since then. So So take
2: us yeah. take us up to the present, uh I mean, uh usually we have folks go through and name all the uh away days that they've been to. So <laughs> I don't know if you have enough fingers. You don't have that much time, bro. I yeah. don't have
1: that much, anywhere near that much time. I, I I think I think New York made it twenty nine um oh t- total games i've some of those have been in portland but uh uh yeah i've been to a lot uh but i'm i'm you know i'm lucky i mean i have i you know i consider myself very fortunate i have i have the means and the, the flexibility of schedule to be able to do that and uh you know i live in a place where you know i mean because i have the willingness you know within 4 or 5 6 hours are you know quite a number of stadia so it's not it's not that difficult yeah and i'm motivated so
2: yeah definitely something i didn't appreciate till i moved out here was you know it's about the same distance you know i grew up in ashland it's about the same distance from ashland to portland as it is dc to new york and there's a lot of stadiums in that range yeah
1: well, and, you know, growing up in the Northwest, uh, you know, you just have, I, I don't know, I, I always, because I, I lived in the Northwest for, what, 25, almost 25 years, I, I feel like there's sort of like that sort of sense of feeling of isolation, you know, because there's really, outside of Vancouver and Portland, and, you know, if you stretch maybe San Francisco, there's really not anything close, and so, yeah, it's definitely a sort of a us against them mentality, at least that's how I kind of grew up feeling, Um so now All I right. just traveled the world, following the Timbers.
2: So so we brought you on specifically because we're going to talk a little bit about New York City away, but uh, let's... Mainly, Sweet. it's your
0: birthday. Oh, it's wait. your birthday today. Yeah.
2: Is it? I I oh, wanted yeah. to do this. It's yeah, this this my birthday. Birthday. Yeah, birthday.
1: thanks for noticing, Drew. I appreciate it. <laughs> I haven't the been fact, on Facebook today,
2: is... apparently, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fact that you haven't, you know, acknowledged me on social media makes me, you know, question your love and loyalty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just turned 102 according to Facebook, so. That's...
1: Awesome. <laughs> you look, you don't look a day over 97.
2: Huh, it's very nice of you to say. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk a little current timbers. Uh, we, uh, Scott and I, not too long ago, back, got back from the game in New York. Uh, we were, the plan was Kyle to meet up and we were going to record a podcast up there. Uh, what, what happened, man?
0: Well, that was the plan. Um. Well, I had a small unfortunate incident involving a corgi, a trash can, <laughs> oh. uh, probably a solid two and a half pounds of green frosting, oh,
1: nice. and
0: the veterinary, or the dog ER, and it involved him needing antibiotics, and then him proceeding to explode from either end. <laughs> so unfortunately, it was not...
1: So, you had situation. some green and
0: white dynamite. <laughs> Literally, just green. And I mean, like, like neon green. And it was a. Rave was green? Not a pleasant day. Oh, no. <laughs> no, honestly, it was not far off rave green. No. Yeah, no, it was just as bad and disgusting as it sounds, but we couldn't leave him with a, uh, with a pet sitter. We didn't feel okay with doing that. And if he had to go back to the ER, which he almost did, we wouldn't have been okay with that. So, we had to cancel the trip, and uh, my fiance and I.
1: So, so I'm sorry. What? How did the frost? The, so the dog like ate something that I wasn't supposed to? Or
0: he, we have a dog-proof trash can.
1: Clearly, well, no. No, hey, no, you no, don't. No, <laughs> no, exactly. We do not
0: anymore. But uh, so we were in the impression, and we've had it for like six or seven months now. No issues. And I come home Friday after work, trash everywhere, and he doesn't eat the plastic. Luckily, but my fiance she's a pastry chef, so she just happened to finish a cake the night before. She threw out all of her old frosting, and there was a lot of old frosting. And he ripped open the bags and just ate it all. And I'm like, ugh. And he was fine that night. So I'm like, okay, good. We'll be fine. You know, he's frosting. He looks sick, but, you know, I'm not joking. There was probably two and a half, three pounds of frosting all gone. Who wouldn't feel sick after that?
2: It's a corgi. How how big is this dog?
0: He's a 23-pound dog. Holy crap. So, you know, if he looked sick, I didn't think much of it, because he made it through the night okay. So I get up Saturday morning, and you know, my fiancé goes to work, I'm just hanging out, watching Netflix, you know, mid-breakfast. Like, an hour later, it went downhill so fast. And, like, the whole day, like, he looked like crap. And I'm like, okay, we're going to, you know, feed him rice and eggs, cause that's the plan we're supposed to feed him when they get sick. And if it gets any better, you know, we'll, at that point, we're playing it by ear. And, you know, Sunday morning... He was okay the rest of the day. He didn't have anything else to, you know, upchuck. And then Sunday morning, he upchucked again. Like, okay, we're going to the ER. Because the the quantities and the sheer volume of upchuck he had was unhuman. Like, <laughs> I've never seen a human have what this quantity. A dog, let alone so. a 23-pound dog. So he was, uh, he had to get um one of those injections. They put in their dog skin to help them stay hydrated. And they can't throw it up, so he can... Wouldn't get over dehydrated, and then you had to put on antibiotics for the rest well, of that day.
1: I just want to see the letter that you wrote to the trash proof dog tr- tr- <laughs> or dog proof trash can people.
0: Right?
2: Well, where, but, uh, where did you get this dog? Because he's conspiring to not allow you to go to a Timbers game and right. then pooping out rave green frosting. Well, listen, if, oh. if you're
0: going to poop out a color, it might as well be that.
2: No. What's, Nothing what's should be that thing? color.
0: His name is Cappy. C A P P I. Cappy. He's a really cool dog and he's awesome, but uh, he's really conniving and sneaky and mischievous.
1: Might want to change his name to Crappy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and no people have said that, especially after this situation. But that is the reason why I did not attend uh, New York Way.
1: Well, sorry to hear that. But he's yeah, alright. Yeah. He is
0: alright. I did get to watch the game with a ton of alcohol, and it was Windermere. <laughs>
2: There you go. Widmer. Windermere. My <laughs> Real <apologies>. estate agency.
1: <laughs> that, that's how much she had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I had
2: a, I had a Widmer. So. Uh, well, tell me about us... how
0: Foley's went. Cause I heard some, uh, some stories about that place.
2: Yeah. Uh. So I, so I caught the bus up to New York city. Uh. Another cool thing, in fact, about the East coast is that, it was nine dollars for my round trip bus
1: where'd ticket. What did you
2: ride? Mega bus. <laughs> All
1: right. So yeah. Uh, see, I took
2: Mega bus home from New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The power outlets didn't work there or back, which was lame. But, no. but uh, yeah. So it was nine dollars. It was it was actually three dollars in taxes and fees. So six dollars plus that. Um. So that was cool. Uh. Stayed at some on a buddy's couch or whatever. But uh. Yeah. Then uh. I I showed up a little late to Foley's could probably expand more. But from what I saw, I think they had like one bartender for, I don't know, a hundred Timbers fans.
0: (laughs) Did they know Uh, the volume that was showing up?
2: I think, I think there was, I think there was probably more people
1: than that. You know what? You know, I mean, whatever. Uh, They were hospitable. Yeah, they Uh, were nice.
2: They just were
1: overwhelmed. I, I was more concerned, honestly, not knowing the place that, you know there might be some some baseball people in there it it advertises itself as a baseball bar, but i didn't get i mean although there was lots of baseball memorabilia, I didn't get the feeling that there was you know uh they weren't you know uh averse to other sports people being in there but uh yeah there was one there was one bartender but there was also some Windmere. <laughs>
2: The Some awesome Widmer.
1: Some, there was a Widmer rep and somebody else there, I think that worked for Widmer, Widmer that was passing out beer. So and I mean, all in all, all in all, it went, uh, I think it went fine. Yeah, um, it was
2: a lot of fun. I mean,
1: I mean, it was, it was just, it was just a challenge from a staffing standpoint, you know, just I'm getting sure. out of there. Cause everyone was obviously trying to close out at more or less the same time. So, you know, in order to catch the, get out of there to catch the, the subways up to the Yankee stadium. I mean, I think in the future, um, you know uh, i might try to see if there's some place to do it up near Yankee Stadium if that's yeah if it's it was not already a
2: really long subway ride, yeah, I didn't fully appreciate that it yeah. was, well, it wasn't that long i mean it, I don't know it I felt think. pretty long <laughs> at least hey. you know trying to coordinate all these people going from a bar to the yeah, stadium well, and you know four different five different trains and
1: well, it definitely would have been more convenient to be you know, closer, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it is what it is. So, but yeah, uh, it was nice. Um, you know, then we got up there and, uh, immediately, you know, there was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, about the regulations at Yankee stadium with respect to, you know, what you can take in there. And, you know, if, if anybody from an opposing, group that's going into Yankee stadium is listening to this, you know, believe the hype. They're very, very restrictive. Um, I had actually tweeted at the cauldron and at the, at the rebellion, the revs folks knowing that they had been in there and, you know, they were kind of reconfirming that it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty lame. Um, Which is really unfortunate because, you know, this is, you know, Don, everybody feels like NYCFC is Don Garber's, you know, baby and obviously mls really markets the fan experience or the supporter culture i think with respect to how they try to promote the league and it's just it's a it's it's unfortunate that uh you know yankee stadium is is so whatever yeah but
0: it's not just to away supporters either i mean like when watching the game you can barely notice their own supporters
1: well i think they only allow one drum for their own supporters um which, yes, is absolutely... And and I'm hoping that that will change. I mean, hopefully seeing groups like us that we're not, uh, you know, that we're just, you know, boisterous and trying to be fun and and trying to abide as best we can by what they've asked for, uh, that, uh, you know, they can allow these things to happen and it's not, you know, the world's not going to end. It's like, you know, it's not a baseball game for fuck's sake.
2: Yeah. And they... It was interesting because... Not only did that were they like super restrictive, they also somehow seemed overwhelmed. Even <laughs> though we were like I'm sure probably more you know cordial and responsible than I would imagine a lot of supporters groups would be. Um, well Red, I thought Red we Bull did supporters come to mind, but yeah.
1: I thought we did ourselves well in the walk up to the stadium. Yeah. Uh was although even
2: there. remember when you and I were sitting in line, the dude was like we kicked out five people last week for <laughs> cursing. So, yeah, like, ah.
1: well, right, so man. anyway, Kyle, so, you know, we basically congregated across the street from Yankee Stadium as they had specified and and to their credit, NYCFC was, you know, they were very forthright and and I, I you know, it's not like I've, I've dealt with a lot of <laughs> front offices, um, but, you know, uh, they seemed like they were on top of it and everything that they've said was going to happen is more or less what happened and you know but so we congregated across the street and then marched over to go into our gate and immediately of course you know the whole talk going up from foley's and so forth was you know to some extent about the limitations on language and the fact that they had made that request and i just wanted people to know that that was out there so that it didn't catch anybody by surprise if it became an issue and uh you know so everyone's just in full voice cursing their <laughs> cursing as loud as they can <laughs> in the chance because they know outside the stadium it's all cool <laughs> and it's like right some of the looks that we are getting from some of the some of the
2: staff were like do these people understand oh, what the rules are they know they're in the bronx right or... <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well and it's really yeah, the, the sterilization aspect is is a little whatever but uh yeah, so, you know, that guy, like Drew said, you know, said, hey, uh, but, you know, the thing that was weird about it is that it, I almost, it, it sounded like he almost said it as a point of pride.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. We
1: picked out, like, eight people last week. Matching <laughs> <Passing> his belt. <laughs> almost like, you know, we were trying for ten, but we didn't quite get there.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the irony is that the person that cursed the most in the area next to us was was the, like, scorned Yankees fan, or I don't know if he was, a, I assume he was a Yankees fan, but there was, oh, really? did you see, oh, you were probably on the other side, yeah, there was a the guy side. right on the, right next to us, like, the whole game, just uh, cussing a blue streak at us, it was, was really great. amusing, he, I mean, we were playing along a lot of the time, but uh, it was, you know, they actually, by the end, they had a cop just standing next to him, basically. <laughs>
1: with a, With a taser at the ready?
2: Yeah. No, Um, No, he was white, so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, and then, and so then, uh, you know, we had some guys come up and help out with uh, some of the Capo stuff, which is not uncommon. And, uh, you know, uh, it was actually Leo, and he started, (laughs) he started banging on the chair. (laughs) And so a bunch of people started banging on the chair, and that's when the guy, there was like this guy who, I think he was a Yankee security guy, but he looked like he was like in his mid 60s you know who he reminded me of he reminded me of like harvey keitel in reservoir dogs that kind of a thing but just in but in sort of more casual attire because he had that kind of air about him and i swear man when we started banging on the chairs it it really he really looked like he was like he had this mechanism in him that was like you know if this goes on too much longer i will start killing people
2: (laughs) and you know how to clean it up too right
1: that's right Yes. Oh my gosh! Now you're now I'm thinking of. Uh, oh shoot! I'm thinking of T- Tarantino's character. What was his wife's name? Shoot! Oh yeah. Because <laughs> when she Mr. comes home, she's not gonna like this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, you know there wasn't Mr. Brown in that. There was, those, yeah, <laughs> <those. Nice. laughs> there was Mr. Pink too. Yes, there is. So anyway, the game. Let's talk about the game. I guess that's part. Well,
2: of actually, we're... before we get there, I oh, I don't want to. I don't want to let us get to, before the kickoff, they were, did you see the signs? Uh, They had their, like, Jumbotron or whatever advertising the DJ that was playing. No, did you notice it. that? I no, mean, and it was like, we were trying to chant before kickoff, but it was pretty difficult because the music was so yeah. loud. Yes. It was so loud. And just ba- basically, um, for those that don't know where the supporters, the away supporters section is, it's basically... Um, so if home plate is kind of behind, oh, right. uh, the corner flag, a little more central than that, we were right there. Probably. We're
1: right on the third, third, baseline. Baseline. Yeah, third
2: yeah. baseline. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. You're yeah, right. back, And yeah, and about halfway. Yeah. Probably 50 yards from the field. I mean, we were a long yeah. ways from the field and very high as well. Uh, kind of under an overhang. So the acoustics were horrible. I mean we with no drum and stuff, you know, it was it was a little tough for us sometimes. So I mean I think we we had good capos going. But uh yeah, it was it was tough. Not not our best away day as far as chance go. But yeah, I wanted to make sure that I, I think it was DJ Flash was his name. And he played he played all the hits, good, man. We had good some DJ name. Yeah, right? Uh we had some uh there was definitely some Miley in there and uh What's the uh, all about the bass no treble? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. It was awful. So, so but obviously once kickoff started they turned the music off. But Thankfully. I wanted to make sure the DJ got his due.
1: Yeah, you know the chance. You know that I I I will chime in on that. Yeah, the the, the lack of the drum was really uh, unfortunate yeah, because it, stunk. it it really punctuated to like when we were in New England last year and uh, Sean Levy was there and he was. Leading chance, Yeah. Yeah. He, at a couple of points, he like killed the drum and, uh, deliberately. And I think it worked well, but to go the whole game without any kind of a syncopation, uh, especially for, you know, this group that's, I think, I feel like a lot of our, the chants are really tied to that, to being keyed on certain. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was actually much tougher than I thought it would be. So, um, yeah, so New York is lame.
2: Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of us that like get to a few games a year, so you know. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, I was practicing them beforehand, but you know, <laughs> after the first time, you know what? But, you know, even like right. you just it takes a minute to get to. And then there are a lot of people that, you know, are out in New York and, you know, it's been a while, so not everybody knows them perfectly. Although right. we did have chant sheets, so there's no excuse there. But uh Yeah,
1: yeah, thank you Alex for that. Yeah. He's the chant sheet master, so the game. Yes. Uh,
2: it was awful. Yeah. It was I,
0: awful, wasn't it? The first half, I like, was watching it on TV. I'm like watching it. I'm like, this is Orlando. We're getting pinned back again. and it, Something's gonna happen.
2: I thought that was our first worst half. First half of the the first half was the worst half of the season. Yeah, um, I, don't I thought that completely. I, uh, I uh, I actually had it was some... the
0: one time. I was absolutely just terrified that we were not going to put a pass together. New York, and they're ultimately not that impressive. Like there was no reason why we should. Have, we were that pinned back.
2: Yeah, I mean, huh. every, everyone was excited for well, like Yarte to play and stuff, and he was terrible. We couldn't control the possession. Um, Ridge, I mean, Borchers had a decent game defensively, but him and Ridgewell's passes were just bombs that turned into turnovers most of the time it felt like and uh yeah i mean that first half was just ugh, awful well
1: yeah you know uh I, I also realized that i watch games much differently <laughs> when i'm watching them on tv as to as opposed to actually being there because it got to halftime and at, and at, w- once it got to halftime i was like uh, I was,
2: it goes so much g- faster well, okay, I was
1: dazed. I felt like I was dazed, but then I thought to myself, God, that was absolute shit. Like, yeah. like I was cheering and chanting, but the actual game, now that I yeah. think about it, wasn't that good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, actually, I have a, had a couple buddies that I, uh, that are New York City season ticket holders in the section next to the away Porter. So I went and had a beer with them at halftime, and they were like, we thought you guys were good. Like, this, is, this was bad. Well, you know, and obviously they didn't have, you know, david via or mixed this who played for the usa the night before or whatever so obviously not their best team either um and they pretty much bossed us in the first half obviously we played much better in the second half but uh but yeah even they were like
1: but Ooh. the funny the funny thing about that is like i knew via just because you know i just pay attention to the league in general but i knew via had had a was struggling with a hamstring injury or whatever it is and uh and I knew Discarude had played uh, uh, midweek, uh, but that was with did he play? He played for the U.S. on Wednesday. That, that yeah. Wednesday, right? I yeah. So, yeah. I, which I which I didn't I, I didn't even think he. W- I, I mean, I, whatever. I I thought he would play on Thursday, so I was thinking, oh, okay, so he'll, he might be a little bit tapped on Sunday. So it all worked out in the end, anyway. But the point here is that when the game started, I guess. I I just wasn't even cognizant of the fact that Disgrood wasn't on the field. I was just like wrapped up in so many other things, and it it didn't hit me until for a little while that Via wasn't out there either. And so you know, in hindsight, the fact that, that the game was as poorly played as it was, with you know them missing their two DPS, seemed like yeah, okay, yeah, it's a small pitch, but I mean it's that you know I don't know, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, luckily. It- we turned it around a little bit in the second half, obviously got the goal. I
0: think which we, did a, we did a relatively good job of turning around. I mean, once he put Nagby in the midfield, he kind of lost that situation. I mean, I don't think it was complete, like, heads or tails, but we were definitely on an upswing in that second yeah. half. Yeah, I mean,
2: the second half strategy seemed to be no one can do anything. Let's give it to Nagby at midfield and have him dribble to the goal and either shoot or pass. Um, I mean, he was our entire offense. He just, they had no answer for him in the second half, and that's. Basically, why we scored, I think.
1: Well, and and you know, to New York's credit, I think I felt like they had some pretty good chances, and not you know, if it weren't for Corsey, I mean, who actually had like you know, very good a game, few pretty good saves, his I best mean, game,
2: yeah, best yeah. game in the the uh, And I mean, borcher saved one off that would have about to go in, almost off the right. line yes, there too, yeah.
1: So the funny thing is that when the when the you know when April started coming out of March, I was like, oh crap, you know. I, I honestly looking ahead to 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 April, I thought, okay, Dallas is coming to town. They're hot as you know. Who knows what if if you know if we dropped that or got a draw, I wouldn't be surprised. And then I was like, then we've got Orlando and New York City FC. We've got two, uh, you know, expansion teams. You know, we can probably get something out of those. And then Seattle, you just never know what's going to happen. So. But after, and so after Dallas, it was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then they followed up laying the biggest shit ball of the season in Orlando against Orlando.
0: Arguably, so come, I think one of the worst games we've ever played at home.
1: So, so coming into New York and with Seattle on the horizon, I honestly was like, you know, we, if we get one point out of both of those games, uh, uh, one point total, and I thought it would be a tie against NYCFC, I thought that would be good. If we got two ties, I'd be like, we can't complain. So the fact that we were able to actually like squeak that out, um, based on that level of play, I mean, I guess you know, you. It was a good
0: result, at... all things considered. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, Absolutely.
1: anytime,
2: anytime you get three points on the road, especially. I mean, I think that you know that's the longest trip. Well, I guess except for the revs that they're going to make all season, probably. Um,
0: no, we don't play the revs this year. They play at, a, at oh, Proud good point. and Spark.
2: Yeah, so that's probably the. But one. we have that crazy room. Montréal, Montréal. is poutine, that further yeah. oh, exactly. sweet <laughs> Poutine. Oh ah, sweet Uh But yeah, so it's—I mean, you know, three time zones is is not insignificant. So, it, it's it's a good one. Um,
1: have you um, not been to Montreal, Drew? I
2: have not.
1: Oh. I have not. you must come not. to the great white north.
2: No, I can't. I can't do it. I have a I have a wedding. Oh, yeah. Same with hey, Toronto. Two weeks. Some of you are already
1: married. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Montreal's
0: a fun trip. Even if just going to Montreal for the sake of Montreal, it's a good city to go.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, last thoughts on New York?
0: Good result. All things considered.
2: Yeah, we're the first first away side to ever fill up the supporters section, which is something yeah, to be proud of. Um, and uh, I thought for our you know first serious East Coast away game of the the season, it was uh it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I was actually really surprised. Um, I mean, I I don't want to say I was surprised. I mean, because like at 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 Red Bull, I think there was like 250 or you know somewhere in that range, 250 or 300. So it's always I, been
0: rather large.
1: But that was also, if I'm not mistaken, was Memorial Day weekend. So there was a further justification for people to potentially go to that game, you know, just under mm-hmm. those circumstances. So the fact that it was like mid-April, um, you know, I knew it would be a reasonable turnout. I was just really surprised that it was uh, over 400. I mean, that's that's impressive. I mean, and, and, and
2: so- our section was full, and there were also like a couple sections around us. There were lots of Timbers fans. Around. Yeah even throughout the stadium, so it was it was pretty impressive. You know, Brooklyn is basically Portland yeah, well, East, but... <laughs>
1: well, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, I think the, those two sections are actually the full complement, you know. I, mm-hmm. It would be nice to see them both filled, and it would be nice, you know, to see, uh, to see some of the restrictions lifted, because I think that, you know, I I'd just fail to see how it's bad for the game, you know. It's not like yeah, I, I, clearly the Yankees. There's an issue there, and um, either I see I see them I, I see them either either like easing it up, recognizing that, although that's probably not what will happen, or them just getting no. completely fed up and, and 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 New York City having to move to another stadium in the next year or two before hopefully before we go back. Um, and I could really see that happening because you know if a viable option is out there cuz uh, the yankees just seem like they it's an annoyance to them. You oh know? it is.
0: You know once you get yeah. the dog days of summer it's going to be a pain in the ass when they start switching the pitch over every couple of days.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um and it, but but I think, you know, I think while the yankees are down maybe they won't maybe they won't be as uptight about it. I mean, if the yankees were like packing that place and were you know, uh you know, com- competing or or you know in contention for playoffs or, or whatever division titles, um, which is obviously what they typically are. But they you know they've been down a little bit. But if if they were if, if if there was more buzz going on about the Yankees, I think they might be a little more uptight about it. Even I'm still. curious
0: now if they end up going to a what is it, City Field, the Mets play,
2: <sighs>
0: just because they, they don't they don't fill that stadium, so it doesn't matter as much.
2: Yeah. The Mets I mean, are way better than the Yankees, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, How the, the, the Mets are doing good.
1: Best of all. Yeah.
2: Um, okay, so we followed up that brilliant, well, not that wasn't exactly. Yeah, that was Yeah. We followed up the win. Away win with uh, the game in Seattle, where I thought we played infinitely better, obviously with the opposite result. Kyle, what do you think of that one?
0: Honestly, I thought – I was very hopeful with our defensive performance. I wasn't convinced we were going to come out with a goal, but I thought a nil-nil draw was very likely up until the end. Up until the game just happened, (laughs) I was – Up
1: until it didn't happen. (laughs) Exactly. I was so convinced.
2: Up until Corsey decided to, like, do the the behind-the-head ball trick.
1: I don't blame Corsey. I think he
0: did what he had to do, and you could argue that – was it Ridgewell who should have been marking prior to – uh, should have been working so the shot never got off in the first place if I'm not mistaken oh I can't put the blame on Corey on that one
1: I well it would, I can would, you know, with, re, with respect to that specific scenario I don't I don't place the blame on I, I wouldn't I thought Corizzi did well to get to the shot the fact that he didn't hold exactly. on to it the fact that he didn't hold on to it I mean you would expect a keeper to hold on to it but you could see a situation where a lot of keepers would, would let would it might hit their hand and they, they wouldn't hold it the first time, you know, the bobble was like, okay, uh, that's unfortunate. Um, But you know, the reality is like going into that, it's a throw, it's a throw in from, you know, and it it bounces and you see Borchers go up and jump wildly and get nowhere near the ball. um, Which to me is like, you know, this is an experienced guy. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not about nitpicking every single thing because things will happen, but the thing that seems weird to me about the Timbers right now is, you know, we've got like, uh, what, a million and a half dollars in our center backs. Uh, you know, I think Borsche's is at 300,000 and Ridgewell's at a million I mean, so for what we're paying, I, I don't expect them to be like bulletproof, but I expect it, it seems like in every game there's, you know, they do well for there's the vast majority, moment, but there's one, one like, moment it Vancouver. seems like we should be paying with the amount that's being paid those mistakes should not be happening and um yeah and so so Borchers goes up to head the ball just misses it wildly um and this is a guy who's you know who's played plenty of games in in uh CenturyLink who's well experienced you know it's not like this is a new thing to him and you know from an atmospheric standpoint i mean he certainly is you know this this none of this is new so um, and then the ball, like, and there's nobody there. There's like just nobody there. And Rose, I, I hate every time that guy comes on because there's just some cruel irony to a guy named Rose, like getting shots on the goal or, or, and or scoring, you know, cause I just, whatever. So, so yeah, you know, he gets that shot. It's not a great shot and of course he gets down well, you know, I I, I don't fault him for that, but, uh, yeah, it just bounces up and then, you know, in an effort to stop it, it just, what are you going to do? I I will say about the first half. I thought that they, I thought that they came out with, uh, with, with, an approach of, let's not embarrass ourselves.
0: I can agree to that.
1: Meaning, I felt like they were cautious and they just didn't want anything really radically bad to happen early, because like it was a lot of possession, but it was just like it wasn't going anywhere. There was like there wasn't there was any cut, the back. There was no cutting edge around. to it. There's no cutting edge to it, and, you know, you're going to get that when you have, I think, when you have Jewsberry uh, in there. Um, and it was interesting that they had Rudy Yarte, uh, Aspria, and Nagby, because you think, oh, you know, on paper, here are some guys with some speed and potentially a little bit of flair, and, you know, None but people. it was a, comp- well, but it was a completely new p- pairing, really. You know, Espria, no, to me, is...
0: Espria and Yarley are both very new, and they're still adjusting to MLS, and I can completely appreciate and understand that. That doesn't mean they performed very well, and I'm hoping they're going to adapt and better.
1: Well, and Espria, to me, is still not a starter. I mean, like, when he starts, he just doesn't he just doesn't have that same dynamis, dynam, dynamicism. Dyna, is that right? He's not as dynamic <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he starts, and... And I don't know, you know, if that's because, you know, going into it mentally, he's just like, okay, I got to, like, pace myself. I can't just come out, you know. I- I'm not sure what it is. Um, but, you know, he- I wouldn't expect him to play the full 90 minutes the way he plays when he comes on in the 60th. But, but you know, what he does when he comes on in the 60th is what, like, you know, is what is he does, he compelling makes about him.
2: right? Um, and I thought Nag... I mean... Uh- I uh, I just on the other side, like Yarte has, I in my opinion, been awful. I mean, he was it seemed like a turnover every time that the ball came to him. I I just I I didn't know that I was going to miss Rodney Wallace as much.
1: I I felt like Yarte was not uh, was really not that. uh, Just I mean, like like he was in the game. I mean, like he's out there, really. Like he he did, he was not getting any touches, and I'm not sure. You know, i'm not I'm not cultured enough to know if you know it's because the the plan was to go down the opposite side or or you know if somebody was marking him out of the game it just seemed like he wasn't he had no involvement Existent. no he didn't i thought I in
0: the game you know he's, he didn't clearly have an impact
1: you know and I thought obviously Nagby was like a dynamo in the first half, you know I mean he was very involved, whether or not it led to anything you know significant who knows but but what I was noticing in the second half, especially after Gaston came in and he moved out to the right, it was like he completely disappeared I mean, and even lawless was made some sort of a comment, but I was late and it may have been after after Seattle had scored and we were trying to attack you know I was watching the what was going on and like like Nagby was like out there on the right, just kind of it was almost like he was spectating. Um, and I don't know if that's because he was, you know, gassed, um, or, you know, if he just, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know, but like a guy, I, I, when I see him play, it's like the guy has such incredible ability to get around players and open up that little bit of space for himself. It seems to me like at that time of the game, that's, that's exactly what you need. And, you know, if that's coupled with, you know, a shot, I mean, you know, that can open up so much, but. I don't know. It's just, it's just a, it's a weird thing, but he did. I will say that, that little chip he had to a routine that was offside. That was freaking beautiful. I was like, I jumped up and I was yeah. like, ah, and uh, I was like, oh, seriously, he was offside. You got to be, oh. that was, that was serious. Valerianism, Valerianism there.
2: <laughs> Man, absolutely. Yeah. don't I, I, oh, Go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, echo that and say that, you know, he, I think maybe he was just tired from, cause he's like, it's hard. all we have it's hard. <laughs> right it now. Hard. Uh, and there was one moment I looked that he, uh, that, uh, Nagby had been fouled six times and Portland had committed four fouls. <laughs> yes, that's correct. At one point. Uh, you, you know, and I think it, I counted it was the fourth minute until Alonso fouled <laughs> Nagby, like, you know, not that that's unexpected, but you know, it's just he—he he knows every time we play Seattle, he's going to get beat up, and with without Valeri to kind of take some of that attention away from him, um, and our strikers not playing great, like they knew that they could just hammer him. And uh, you know, maybe he was gassed at the end. I bet no one's looking forward to Valeri coming back more than Darlington Nagby, really.
1: Yeah, well, I mean. And the other thing too is like what I think what these last you know three games have shown is that and this is no mystery. I mean I'm not I'm not this what I'm about to say is not surprising. I mean obviously what we lack in in not having valerius creativity um, and uh, you know uh, so where are you where are you going to get that? I mean that's just something you you typically you've, you know your team is structured to to. You know, you buy it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Valeria is is that person. He's a DP, but you know, beyond that, I mean, when one person being gone impacts your team that greatly, and I'm not saying that Will Johnson doesn't have an impact as well because he does. You know, and I've actually been sort of like vacillating back and forth on you know what what Will can do or not do but you know what i've heard people say and and in thinking about it i you know i I, it's it's true you can't deny it is like he's got that he's got that you know that grab everyone by the scruff of the neck and say you know get your shit together let's move this you know he may not always make he may he may not always make the best passes or but you know what you know that's the guy you want the captain right
0: i mean it's those qualities that make him the captain not his technical ability not saying he doesn't have that but attitudes that makes him such a great captain
1: but uh yeah so but so why do, but like why do we lack why, why do we lack that as well somebody who's got that fire i mean there's really i mean like you look across the board and then you say oh well ridgewell well yeah okay ridgewell may have that but you know he's so far removed from so much of what's going on that it's i feel like it's not you know his ability to to really impart that and have an impact is i don't know just doesn't yeah. Oh agreed. I thought but luckily, used to have that, didn't he? Did wasn't Juice? I Gerard never thought
0: he was never that kind of captain. I don't feel like he was that kind of he could, I think he could organize the setup, but he was never the type of person that would yell at you to do your job.
1: Well he's not he's not he's certainly not on Will's scale, but he's you know, he's I, I feel like he got feisty now and then. He was not like, you know, he's not yeah he's not a bruiser by any stretch of the imagination, but uh yeah, I don't know.
2: It's it's hard to be that guy when you're not a consistent starter. Though. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that being yeah, tough. But, and you know, he had. But yeah. Jack,
1: you know, here there he is. It's the it's the it's the Cascadia Derby. It's not like he's never played in one of those before. Yeah. He's you know, it's not like he hasn't been around. It's not like he's new to the team. He's you know, he's a he's a fixture. You know, even though he's not starting, he's there, and he's almost always. Uh, I think when he's healthy, he's almost always at least in the in the lineup or in the starting. Or on, if if he's not starting, he's on the bench. You know. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, but you know, you know, when you talk about uh, different areas of the field, it's like you know, center backs. I'm not, I don't mean. I'm like I'm harping on them, but I, I look and I think like, what's what is our backup there? I mean, because if one of those guys goes down, we have a lot of our eggs in in, the, in the Borchers Ridgewell basket. It's yeah, that's our backup.
0: That. I don't even know if we have a fourth. If we do, it's not coming to mind right now. he's playing for T two.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at a roster I don't think we have. <laughs> that's really a serious one.
1: Well, again, well, uh, thankfully that's not a, uh, an injury problem we need to worry about right now. We've got other injury right. problems to worry about. But I just, you know, I look right. at, I look at, you know, what's what goes on in the field, and, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I see Paparato uh, on the sidelines, and I think, my God, what if he actually has to come in and play? Um well, but but then I start to think, okay. Well, it's great that we've got Borchers and Ridgewell. I mean, they're experienced guys, and you know, hopefully they're going to get these little kinks worked out, and it, it'll be solid, and they won't, you know, we're not going to have any injury issue with them. But you know, Paparatto's—he's gone after this year. I mean, he's just collecting a check. There's no way. I mean, I, unless I'm com- like completely off base here, he's gone. I mean, he's too so, good. Track. So what's? The,
2: yeah, we're Edward him more than he's worth.
1: Right. So, so what's yeah. the succession, succession plan there? You know, it's like Borges is, what, 34? Yeah, he's getting yeah, up um, So 30 he's solid, ways. he's good, but it seems like one of those guys with their experiences should be almost like, should have someone younger and, and you know, that they're sort of like bringing along. Like it's the tutelers, like it was the, the Mikhail Silvestre, Andrew Jean-Baptiste, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. But uh, what do I know? We'll see. I
0: mean, Will Johnson will definitely help defensively, and Valerio will always ease that pressure when he gets the ball. Like, even if you can clear it to Valeri, he will then take right. You know, it. It's really a clearance once you get to Valeri.
1: I tweeted this out. I I've, I use Twitter so infrequently, but I just was like, I all this all the things that have been going on with the Timbers like through the course of this early part of the season, like I, I feel so badly for Diego Valeri because the dude has got so much freaking pressure on him and he hasn't even stepped on the field right? yet. It's like it's almost like like when he steps on the field, okay, all of our problems will be solved or eventually will be. And it's like exactly. that's gotta be a huge like <laughs>
2: Burdened well, and the f- the funny thing is, this is the same thing that happened last season, right? Like he was coming back from hernia surgery, and we were playing terribly I feel
0: there was less pressure on him.
2: No, there wasn't. I I, I don't I, think so because we were coming off this huge season. We were doing terribly, and then he comes back, and he wasn't himself for a month or two.
1: But he was. But that's just it. He was coming back from injury. Yeah. Like like. So I think there was like, okay, we're going to cut him that slack, and it was you know through the first six eight games of the season so it's like oh yeah the, we don't, we got no worries because we got all this time to make it up exactly so like
0: but now we know I, how bad it is i feel there's more pressure mounting on him than there was last year because we know how bad we can go we need him to be better
1: now right he's almost got to hit the ground running and there's just that's an unrealistic expectation it's going to take the guy you know however long you know and e- probably an equal amount of time to you know just get himself like into the flow of things, get his fitness back up, I mean, once he's ready to step on the field, yeah, he may come in in short spurts and and be able to provide a boost, and hopefully that that boost will equate to you know getting some wins out of games that are tight or whatever, but I mean, we're not going to have like the full meal deal for a little while
0: until June, I don't think, but May's also a long month. I mean, we got Vancouver home three away d c home and then one more away that I don't remember.
1: Uh, it's, uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember. It's, uh, it's, it's Toronto, and then they,
2: they have a midweek week game. Colorado. Uh, against it's, some... Yeah, we, yeah, it's we Colorado have three games thing. in one week there, which is going to be real rough.
0: But the weird thing is, when you look at that May schedule, I don't see a single team that we can't beat.
2: The two hardest
0: <laughs> ones are... No, is, yeah, no, I,
1: I'm, oh, great. I, I, Kyle's making predictions. <laughs> I'm not
0: making predictions. There's no single score line here,
1: okay, Scott? It's Colorado, baby. We're a take no. them.
0: <laughs> Scott, I don't need it to be right <laughs> now, okay?
1: Colorado, at, just put that in the W column. Colorado. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you look at the set we have, our two hardest at home, which is where you want them to be right now, and then, you know, unless... Toronto starts clicking on an unbelievable level, which could definitely start happening at any moment because they're just their payroll ability. That doesn't scare me too much right now. Houston doesn't scare me without um, Cubo Torres. And then I'm not too worried about Montreal at the moment. And the Colorado, you never know what you're going to get. But the bulk of those games don't worry me.
1: We're actually hoping for a Montreal win tomorrow because they will party for like a week afterwards and they'll be so drunk when we play them that won't even matter okay.
0: won't even matter
1: yeah unfortunately you know they um it, it looked like if you looked at their schedule prior to them actually qualifying for this this phase of the, the 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 Champions League i mean they were like bam bam they had a ton of games and then they got a bunch of them cleared out of their schedule understandably so to be able to be more competitive in the in the uh, Champions League final so uh, i don't think they're going to have nearly as, as They're not going to be nearly as fatigued as they would have been otherwise. Um, but, uh, you know, Toronto, I, I I don't know what to make of that. Uh, that's what, you you know, that's a
0: worrying thing.
1: You you have to remember with Toronto, they have not played a home game yet. Um, they're playing their, I think, their first home game either this week or next week because their stadium was getting, uh, refurbished or added onto or whatever it is. So when we play them, that will, I think, be their second home game of the season. And, uh, I don't think there's going to be any conflict with like gold cup or anything else. So they should have, uh, Altador and, and, um, Bradley, uh, Bradley. Bradley yeah. Defico. Yeah. If we were playing them like a month later, those guys would be gone. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I watched the game. I watched them play or, uh, they, what they just beat Orlando. Yeah. Um, they didn't look fantastic. Um, uh, but you know, uh, Altidore scored a couple of goals and, Vinco almost scored a like a brilliant. I mean, he had an interplay with Bradley, a goal he almost scored it. With that like...
2: dude's legit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Giovinco, I mean, oh, yeah.
0: But that's the thing; you just don't know what Toronto you're getting right now because they can turn it on because they have the talent, but they also don't have the gel. I mean, they just don't. You don't know what you're going to get anytime you play Toronto, and that's it's kind of worrying. So.
2: They don't yeah,
1: have cool. gel, but they don't have gel, but it's Canada, so they have moose.
0: Oh, thank you. appreciate that.
2: Nice. Yeah, I know Michael Bradley uses a lot of moose in his hair.
1: (laughs) Did you see that photo of uh, Bradley talking to Grant Wall? (laughs) It was like, separated at birth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Then they just were birthed. All right, so let's... Why don't we look forward to these games, huh? Um, I think a home game is going to be real nice, first of all. Although I guess the last time we had a home game, it didn't go well. So... You know, Cascadia is gonna always a tough match, so let's...
0: But they do... or Vancouver does not have Matias Lava this game, which is
2: Vancouver's good, good for though. Us. Vancouver's good.
0: They're good, but they're missing, arguably, one of the better defensive midfielders in the league with Matias Lava, which, you know, just makes more space for Nagby.
2: Yeah, they got, what does the new guy, Rivero, or something like that, is really, really good. Yeah. Octavio yeah. Rivero, yeah. the Jurgen yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but moving past the... the oh, he is... Uh, so, I wonder what that guy's. Oh,
1: uh, what? I was saying, yeah. I wonder what that guy is. Is he a DP? He's a
2: young DP. He's a DP. Yeah, he's a young DP. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I think they can, he's even more under That's the cap or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, he, he uh, yeah, I'm not exactly oh. sure. I know Valencia was yeah. once a young DP for us too, whatever that means. But, uh, give us some insight into Montreal. You've been to a Montreal game before, right? Uh I, yeah. Montreal's yeah, Montreal. fantastic. Um, I love Montreal. Have you both been? Yes, we have.
1: Oh yeah, that's okay, right. Cool. Yeah, I, I, in 2012 they were. Um, we played them in uh, the Olympic Stadium, or what do they? Is it Stad Olympique? Stadium, yeah. <laughs> that place is a shithole. <laughs> that is the that is the worst place to see a game, and uh, oddly enough, that's where the game is tomorrow night. The champions. It's will sold be the out. And like, wow. sold
0: out, and they're expanding it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know what the weather's like up there. I mean to some extent they probably couldn't get away with playing you know some of the games that they've already played in montreal outdoors at this time of the year anyway but um and hopefully they have better turf it seems like that i mean the turf that we played on in 2012 was i mean it was horrible i mean there was like scenes and rolls It, it looked like like some drunken guys had rolled it out like three hours before the game seriously um uh, so hopefully it's better but stat, uh, the uh thestad is uh is much is much nicer yeah uh, it's a nice little stadium atmosphere. yeah uh you know uh, <laughs> we got the we got a little corner to ourselves and uh if I remember correctly, it started raining during the game it did shocker um and then all, everybody it was down from so where yes, we had us to the back, back, back of the up, section, yeah, everyone with each with each like little bit more of rain, everyone just kept moving back. So eventually, whereas we had probably like ten or fifteen rows ahead of us with not really hardly any people, by the end everyone was sort of crowded back into the last six rows trying to avoid the downpours. Um, yeah, it was nice, and uh, you know, Footy was there, and we acknowledged
2: him. Yeah, I remember that it was a good typo. Any advice for uh, what folks can expect? Any good poutine joints that they should check out? Uh, you guys
1: know? Well, it? I'm no expert on it. The last time we were there, we went to a place called La Banquise, which uh, you know is one of those places. Places. It sounds like it. Uh, if you're from Montreal, it uh, you know either you know you you rate it very highly or you say, oh well, it's a little overrated, um, you know. But it was good. Um, I found some other places that, uh, doing some research. So my plan is to, I'm getting there, I think Friday and uh, the game Saturday. And I'm also staying Sunday and leaving on early Monday. So my plan was to hit three, one place each day for the three days. So I've done some research, trying to find some places. Um, we've got a guy, uh, who's in the, who's in the ECP who's, who lives up there. Sean, mm-hmm. who's, uh, who's, uh, super helpful, uh, I don't know how long he's been up there. He's been up there for a few years, but uh, yeah, he's... A-
2: Sean, if you're listening, we want to have you on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um,
1: and uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's a it's a really nice city. I Knock on wood, I hope the weather is, is not cold and rainy or anything. As long as it's mild and sunny, it'll be awesome because Montreal is a beautiful city. Going up there last summer was awesome. Awesome. I mean the timing was perfect and the weather was great and you know, Montreal is like one of those places if you can if the timbers play there in the summertime and you've never been there, that's that's one you really want to go to. That's my opinion anyway.
0: Yeah, so we Trey, still- I've been there a few times and there's so much to do in Montreal. Even like if there's yeah. no if you have the chance to go to Montreal, it's just a great city to walk around in.
1: Yeah. It's got the old part of the city which is really cool. Um yeah, it just got some some interesting stuff it's a nice place
2: well i'll be at a wedding in lawrence kansas
1: that's so cool Drew. so
2: so i bet you guys are envious
1: they also have oddly enough there's this place uh it's just like a tourist thing but they have uh, this is the weirdest thing they have the absolute best soft serve vanilla ice cream i've ever had anywhere i mean i'm not like a huge connoisseur but I'll get it here and there. This is, I mean, I will just very just deliberately go back there for this for this ice cream. It is so good. So, well,
0: there you have this it. I
1: plug for soft serve, and it's not called Mister Softy either.
2: <laughs> Maybe if they have some icing, you can take some back to Kyle's dog.
1: Although I guess it would be called Monsieur Softy, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. as a, as a guest, I have to be an instigator. So you guys are committing to doing this again when? Well, <laughs> Got to get it on tape.
0: In <laughs> scheduling's permit. <laughs> End of next month. Beginning of
1: June. Oh, come on! You gotta do a you gotta do a Canadian, like a sandwich if between the two Canadian. Game. If
0: Sean will come on, we'll totally have a one after Montreal.
1: Definitely. So if he's
2: listening, or Scott, you can guilt
1: him into it, or bribe him with the uh, many uh, delicious definitely. Canadian we'll beverages. He'll totally do it. We'll
2: and I've it. I've already talked to some folks in the Lone Star Brigade, so hopefully we'll have some folks for Houston as well. So
1: all oh, right, oh yeah, I forgot about Houston. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, it's so sandwiched thin- right between right between those. Guess,
1: yeah, that is an intense
2: games.
0: road trip. It's gonna be tough. Yeah,
2: Just
0: Montreal, Houston. So wait, uh, so are we
1: taking it let's. Are we taking any predictions here for for Montreal, Vancouver, and Montreal the Can- the Canadian d- double shot? Come on! I don't know, Scott.
0: Am I allowed to?
1: <laughs> as long as you don't do that, oh, we got them. That's a W. No problem. <laughs> I'm taking right, Vancouver. I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna say like two to one, and Montreal, I'm gonna go with a draw.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a it's a good guess. I mean, we usually beat Vancouver. Um, I think we 're we have a better record at Vancouver than we do at home against them but um yeah, yeah i think i think we 'll I think we 'll be Vancouver um although I, it, they do seem like a team that's going to capitalize if we do have one of those defensive fuck ups but but uh we, we can probably pull that one out i think it 'll be tough to get a win i think we 'll we'll we 'll we'll get one point out of Houston and montreal i 'll put it that way we 're going to tie one of those games and lose <laughs> the other one.
1: Oh, so you're saying we'll lose. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I am I definitely agree with Scott on the Vancouver. I think it's going to be a 2 1 to us. And I will say it's going to be a 1 0 win for the Timbers in Montreal. Mm. I think coming off the Champions League, you know, they, there's, they're played with injuries, and I I don't know. I have no idea how tomorrow going to go for them. I'm confident and hoping they're going to win, but. Realistically, there's not many signs to point to any victories they can have at the moment, other than Piatti.
1: Well, we could we could still be in a good shape with that game because I I don't I haven't looked at the schedule. If they play at the weekend, then I think we'll you know uh, our because chances. You have to, to imagine race. by because that it,
0: point Johnson and Valeri will be getting minutes.
1: Yeah, but but what I was getting at is Montreal. If they play at the weekend, I think they also play in the middle of next week in the Canadian Championship. So that will yes, be like. They do. Four games in like ten days or something. So, never underestimate never underestimate the power of fatigue. It's true. All right, I'll shut up.
2: All right, yeah. So uh, before we go, rate us. You know, give us a five star rating on iTunes and all that crap. Follow us uh, at TA Field Report. You can shoot us an email. Is it? T- I always forget timbersfieldreport at gmail
0: That's correct. Okay.
2: What's your Twitter handle, Scott? Uh, pff, S Browns. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a quality follow. If you yeah. don't look, enjoy reading people tweeting,
1: just look for uh, the just look for the penguin.
2: <laughs> yeah, the penguin. Uh, at Kyle Carvalho, at Drew J Olson. All right, brothers. I guess. Okay, Rose City till <laughs> <joined laughs> I die. <This is> <laughs> all right, bye.